Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson, as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. Hey, good morning. Good afternoon or good evening. Wherever this finds you, I hope it finds you well. I'm not sure that's my signature start to the podcast from now on. I do think it kind of covers the basis, right? Because I don't know. I don't know when. I don't know who's listening, but I also don't know when you're listening. I don't know if you're a morning person and you pop those earbuds in or sit down with uh, the phone or whatever uh, device you have to listen in the morning to start your day or to start your devotion time. I don't know if it's the afternoon as far as your schedule goes. I don't know if it's your evening when you just want to wind down and and kind of spend some time learning more about the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I don't know, again, if that will be the the signature sign-on for for the <laughs> for this podcast, but for me, it kind of feels like it works. Uh, there is a passage of Scripture in the Psalms that talks about, there's a couple actually, but one kind of hit me a few years ago, that talks about greeting the day. Uh, just there's a there's a phrase in the Hebrew that talks about greeting the day, and ever since then, if you know me, you know me, and I'll start a lot of my texts with either good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. We're, we're kind of of course, of course depending on when I'm sending you a text, and it, it kind of came out of that instead of just texting hey, and just going right into the text, it the commentary the what I was reading about talked about it was good to set your mind and set the heart right on declaring to be a good morning, declaring to be a good afternoon, declaring to be a good evening. Uh, So it's not just a casual greeting like we so often do. Hey, good morning. And then we move on. It's it's supposed to be a declaration, supposed to be a, a prophetic declaration. And I think that fits today, especially with this podcast, as we look at a declaration that was made that, well, let's just say was not, it didn't bode well or end well for the Israelites. And unfortunately, they weren't being led by the right spirit at this moment. And uh, so we'll jump into that here in just a few minutes. So uh, the uh, the book signing for the Person and the Power devotional is this Saturday. For those who are local, it is going to be at Kent Java uh, this Saturday uh, from 9 to 12 um, I think, what is that, uh, the 15th, right? No, 16th, yeah, December 16th. So um, if you are able to make it, that's great. If not, uh, I'm going to be uh, making myself available this Sunday at church. I'm not a big, I, I'm, I'm not a personally a big book signer. Um, uh, the books I've gotten, I've never had anyone sign a book. Um, just That's just never for me. But I do know that other people are kind of thinking that's a cool thing, and that it honors me, it humbles me. So I'm going to make myself available here Saturday and Sunday at church to to sign that book, if that is something that you would like. And for those who are listening out of town, and that's not local or out of state or out of the country, um, we'll 
I don't know. I can I can send you email. <laughs> I can mail you a signature and you can tape it in your book. I don't know. Anyway, I love you guys. So appreciate your support. Again, not too often does a week go by that I hear someone's comment about the podcast. And I really hope and pray it helps you dig in. That's the heart of this. That's the heart of the book, the devotional book, uh, the 52-week devotional, seven-day uh, Bible, seven-day-a-week Bible study. But that's also the heart of this podcast is to introduce and encourage and really challenge us to dig deeper into the person and the power of the Holy Spirit, to truly, truly grasp the understanding of who lives within us and also to, to cultivate that relationship, right? So that really is the heart of all of this so that I just I continue, oh my goodness, guys, I continue to talk to, meet with, and counsel folk who just yet have understood and, and, and fully come to terms with God, third person, God lives within them. Gosh, I just, oh, oh. Anyway, uh, it's a game changer. Amen? Somebody say amen. If it's, if, it's, if it's changed your game and you know it's a game changer, amen? Amen. All right, let me pray. And then we're going to jump in. And uh, we'll have, we got a lot to cover. As always, uh, it's good. It's hard. It's my favorite. It's one, probably one of, if not my very favorite, Old Testament stories, but it's it's my favorite for really only one reason, because it's kind of a hard story. It's not a fun story to read, but it is one of my favorites because it has this incredible lesson and it has this incredible application, right? Um, if we don't apply the Word of God, the Word of God is, is really useless. Uh, we can read it all day long. We can go through Bible studies. We can, we can read the Bible in a year. Check that little box off every morning as you read your three to five chapters a day. But if you aren't applying the Word of God, then it doesn't mean a thing to you. And so um, it has to be applied. I shared a statistic on Sunday as I was preaching. The church folk remember this probably at the end of the sermon. Uh, even though lots and lots of folks believe in God and lots and lots of, lots, lots of folks believe in miracles, only 13% of those polled, and this was just back in February of this year, 13% of all those who say they're Christians or 13% say that they, uh, they structure their life based on what they've learned from the Bible. They apply the principles of the Bible to their life. They actually live according to how the Bible teaches. 13%. 13%. And if you look around the world, that if you look around the country, if you look around your local community, it's it probably isn't stunning, right? You actually think, yeah, that probably plays out because people don't live according to the principles of Scripture. So that has to be applied. So if this is applied, goodness gracious, it changes our lives. And who does the applying? Who's the one who applies the Word of God to your life? You guessed it, the Holy Spirit. All right. Anytime I ask a question... I know people sometimes are hesitant to ask answer questions when I ask them because I think they're thinking I want the right answer and I just want you to I just want engagement. But sometimes uh, in this podcast, if I ask a question, if you just shout out Holy Spirit, you're probably 90, you got a ninety eight percent chance of being right. <laughs> so let's pray, Lord. We love you so much. We thank you for the day and the night or the morning, whatever it is. We ask and pray that you would uh, endure us. Um, it just literally fill us again with your spirit so that we, this word would come to life. This, this passage of scripture would just awaken our senses. Um, hard story, uh, not a nice story, not a, not, not the funnest, 
not kind of a actually one of the darkest blots of Israel's history, and yet there is a glimmer of ruach hope. There is a glimmer of spirit hope, and so we ask and pray that we glean from it uh, what you would want us to glean from, and truly be transformed. I really do pray for that transforming power today through this podcast and uh, through the Word, and obviously applied and uh, uh, put. Uh, put into our lives and by the by, by the very power of the Spirit of God. So, we love you, we trust you, and we surrender all this to you in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. Amen. All right, Numbers fourteen. We'll we'll jump into Numbers thirteen to give us context. But it's Numbers fourteen today. I'm going to read the verse. I'm going to read the verse that we're going to end with and uh, so that we can kind of keep it ever in front of us, all right? So it's Numbers 14:24. Um I'm going to I'm I'm looking at the NLT. Uh, if you want to I think I've shared this before at this podcast, the NASB, the New American Standard Bible. That is one of the closest one of uh, my dear friends and actually the publisher of the book. Uh Katie Erickson uh, pointed me into the right direction. That NASB has uh, helped me help remind me that that's one of the closest um, translations to the Greek and Hebrew that there is. So if you want a real um, good translation that's really as close as one of the closest possible to the Greek and Hebrew, then you want to you want to get the NASB. But I'm looking at the NLT today, but it says this: Numbers 14 again under the canopy. You know the heading of the topic that we've been looking at here the the for this podcast for the last several weeks is finding the Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKadosh, finding the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And we don't have to go very far. We were in Numbers 11 last week. Now we're all the way up to Numbers 14, right? Here we are. And uh, Numbers uh, Numbers 14, 24 says this, But my servant Caleb has a different spirit than the others have. But my servant Caleb has a different spirit than the others have. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. So we're going to look at the whole passage here as quick as we can, go kind of verse by verse for as much as we can in the next um, uh, 15 minutes or so. We uh, try to wrap up around 25 minutes, so we'll we'll hit that mark again today. But um, Man, that's it. That's it right there. That's it. And the heart of the heart of the heart of this is, do you have a different spirit? Uh, the translation for the NLT is different attitude. I love preaching from the NLT, but sometimes it's not the closest to the translation um, that's actual Greek or Hebrew. Here, the Hebrew word is ruach. It is actually ruach, the same word that we find where? Genesis 1-2. Uh, the very second verse of the entire uh, canon of Scripture, we find ruach. And so we have 377 examples of that in the Old Testament. Are we going to cover all 377? I don't know. We might. I don't know. We'll see how the Lord leads us. Uh, We haven't hit all of them. Even We've actually skipped several from Genesis to Numbers already. But we'll hit as many as I feel like we're supposed to hit here. But this is it. This is it. Say, 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 this is it. You can say it out loud. You can say it to your neighbor. Don't say it too loud if you're in a place where you're supposed to be quiet. But this is it. Do you have a different spirit? Do you have a different spirit? So you know the context, right? Just in case you don't, let's make sure we know it. Number 13 is the spies. Uh, they're scouting the land, right? They go out. There's a promised land that's been promised them. Uh, there is this, uh, they've been, uh, they've been, 
delivered from Egypt and the bondage and slavery of Egypt. And so now they are spying the land that God has promised them. God has promised them. How many spies are there? Exactly, 12. Um, and, and so they come back. And so each of the, each of the, they had a, they all were able to give a report. And so picking up at verse 25 in chapter 13, right? Uh, After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and what they, and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. They had taken clusters of grapes. Uh, from the land. They'd taken fruit from the land. And, and so this was their report. Pay attention to the word report. Verse 27. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore. And it's indeed a bountiful country. A land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. Boom. There it is, right? For 27. So far, 27 is okay. Verse 28. But, I always have said this, there's always a but in the Bible. There's always a good but or a bad but. There's always going to be, whenever you see a but in the Bible, there's going to be a good transition or a bad transit. There's going to be a contrast of some kind. It's a, it's a positive contrast or it's a negative contrast. And, and unfortunately, here it is. So, so thousands of all these contrasts. The, the Bible literally is made up of contrast. You know, uh, the, the people have rebelled. The people have sinned. But God is gracious and compassionate and uh, his mercy endures forever. So there's a but, right? But then there's the other but. Here's the other but. Here's the negative but. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw we even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak, the Amalekites, live in the Negev, and the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. So. So you see this transition, right? You see the you see going from the land's great. Here's the grapes. Have some grapes. Here you go. But look, but 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 you can already hear. You can hear the negativity. You can hear the 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 downing uh, of it. You can hear the doubt. You can hear the fear. You hear that, even though. And so what they obviously have forgotten. You know this story. You've heard it preached. You've heard it. You've read it. I know you have. But how many times do we forget the promises of God? The promises of God are not predicated on what we see or not what we hear. Let me say that again. The promises of God are not predicated on what we see or what we feel. And they are based on God and God alone. God promises it will be done, right? Um, we, we, I mean, if he, if, he, if he said it, won't he do it? If he, if he said it, won't he do it? And if he did it once, won't he do it again? Won't he do it? So he will. He will. And so we they forgot the promises. Now here, here's another but. And, 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 and you have to look, you know, and obviously the translations differ, but when you go to the original language, there are a lot of, you know, the, the transition but happens literally thousands of times because, again, the Bible is based on contrast. And, and so here is this contrast. So verse 30, we see the first hint, the first sign of the different spirit that lives in Caleb. But Caleb tried to quiet the people. And, and that, I love that word quiet in Hebrew. It kind of means to, 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 to get them under control and to get them back to their senses, to quiet them. Listen, listen, as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. So he's, he's, now, so now he is predicating uh, the action of the people of God based on the promise of God. God said, go, go. And, and I've used this before. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of folk who still believe that God's sovereignty uh, is, is basically this, that whatever happens in our lives, God's in charge of it and God does it. And I understand the, 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 the cultural theology behind it. I also understand the comfort. Listen, I also understand the comfort. Listen, I also understand the comfort theology behind that. It's easy to, it's comfortable to think that God's in charge of all things. But you cannot, we cannot dismiss free will. There is, there is right here a promise to go into the land, to go into the land, even today. Let us go into the land. You'll see this here in just a little bit. Just go into the land. And the people rebelled. So the, the people rebelled against God's sovereignty. There is God's sovereign will, and there is man's perfect will. And there is a horrible beautiful, mysterious tension between the two. Always has been, always will be until Jesus returns. We have free will. God is sovereign, but we have free will. And there's the tension. And that's what we see here. But here's the Spirit of God inside man. Spirit of God in Caleb is different than all the other ones who are, uh, who are, who are looking at the negative. And look at this other but in verse 31, chapter 13, 31. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. Oh, friends, pay attention to verse 32. Here's where it gets real interesting. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. And here's the bad report. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what we thought. That's what they thought too. Understand the progression here. They come back, I guarantee, from the land. All 12 were excited about those grapes. All 12 were excited about this incredible, incredible land. All 12 of them. But pay attention quickly here what happens. Look at the progression. We go from, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's a great land, flowing with milk and honey, but there's some giants there. Then when Caleb, with a different spirit, tries to quiet them, tries to move on, tries to say, uh, calm down, tries to reorient their thinking, tries to, to, to realign them with God, then all of a sudden, boom, look at this. It, go, it, it escalates. It escalates. Now there's a bad report. And this bad report, this word in Hebrew, report, is debah. Debah. It means, there's only, nine, there's only nine occurrences of this word, but every one of them bring horrible consequences. Whispering, defamation, evil reporting, slander. It went from an honest appraisal so they were giving an honest appraisal. There were towns large and fortified. There were giants there. But now it goes from an honest appraisal to a bad reporting. Slanderous, evil, and just whispering this defamation. And this defamation of what God has promised. Come on. So, so this now escalates into this full-blown chapter 14. Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Pay attention. I just want you to pay, just keep track here. Keep track of what the bad report produces. Look at this, okay? And just we'll keep track really quick here. Hold out your hands, and, and you can count with me. Or, or So first, the, 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 the progression, there's an honest there's an honest. Uh, 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 reflection. There's an, an honest appraisal. 
of the land. Okay, no, nothing wrong with that. But then as soon as a different spirit inside Caleb rises up, look what happens. The bad report meets it. Now, look at this. The whole community began weeping aloud. Number one, they cried all night. Look at what they cried. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest. Number two, that's the second thing. So now they're weeping aloud. They're crying all night long. They're, they're despairing. Now they're protesting against Moses and Aaron, protesting. They're, they're coming against the leaders. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Three, they complained. Look what a bad report. Look what the ball causes. A person of a different spirit leads things, just continues to lead down this really negative, negative robe. Why is the Lord taking us into the country only to have us die in battle? Talk about worst case scenario. Talk about uh, negativity. Woo. Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted. Look at this. Okay, we're up to number five at least. Then they plotted among themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Now we're talking about what? Full out rebellion. Full-out treason. Full-out mutiny. That's what we're talking about now. So then look at the reaction. Moses, Aaron, they fall down. Um, they're praying. Uh, the two men who had explored the land, Joseph, son of Nun, and Caleb, right, tore their clothing in despair. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land, and the Lord is pleased with us. He will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is rich. It's rich. It's rich, flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord. Don't be afraid of the people. They're only helpless. Pray to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is our protection. So do not be afraid of them. Look at the butt. Look at the butt. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. So now, mutiny leads to murder, right? Mutiny leads to murder. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appears. Now God gets involved. Now God shows up. The glorious presence of the Lord appears before all the Israelites of the tabernacle. And the Lord says to the people, How long will, this, will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me, even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them? I will disown them and destroy them with a plague, and I will make you a great nation, uh, and mightier than, than, than they are. So, understand the progression when you walk by a different spirit, uh, when you walk by a different spirit than Ruach. When you walk by the spirit of Ruach, you are aligning yourself with God. You are protected by God. You are treating God with honor, not contempt. When you walk by a different spirit, you're treating God with contempt. You can't believe in the promises of God because you don't have the vision of God. You don't have the heart of God. You don't have the, you don't have the hope of God. You don't have the spirit of God to help you believe in those promises. Those things of a different land are, appear greater than the promises of God. He goes on. Uh, we don't have time to read every single verse, but um, uh, Moses intercedes for the people. Praise God. Man, I pray for that kind of heart of Moses to intercede, right? I pray for that kind of heart of Moses that I would intercede for the very people who might come against me, come against God and hurt and, 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 and be, the very, um, be the very ones who spread a bad report, the ball. I pray that I have that heart of intercession for the people. Um, and so he does. He intercedes for them. And then uh, at verse 17, he says, Please, Lord, prove that your power is as great as you've claimed. And uh, so you're slow to anger. You're filled with unfailing love, forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. And you don't excuse the guilty, but, but you do love and you pardon. So verse 20, Then the Lord said, I will pardon them as you have requested. Woo! We, have, we, we got to spend a whole another 25 minutes on that. Moses interceded for the people 
And God agreed with Moses. You cannot cut it any other way. Wow. But surely as I live, he says, verse 21, and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter the land. Well, they, they will not see my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed both in, both in Egypt and in wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They will never even see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt, you notice that's repeated at least twice, don't, will ever see it. But... Here's, the, here's where we started. We end with where we started. But my servant, Caleb, has a, has a different spirit than the others have. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. Two last thoughts. Number one, when we don't walk by the Spirit of God, we bring contempt upon the God that we say we serve. We, 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 if we don't walk by the Spirit of God, we bring contempt upon the God that... that we say we believe in. We bring contempt upon God when we don't walk by the Spirit of God. Second, I always wondered, why is it that Joshua isn't mentioned here? Number Verse 24, but my servant Caleb has a different spirit. Why isn't Caleb and Joshua? A, because I think this was Caleb's moment, but B, Joshua's already proven himself. Over the course of many, many other passages of Scripture, we see Joshua lingering in the tent of meeting. We see Joshua hanging out with Moses on the mountainside. We see Joshua continuing to be mentored and guided by Moses. Remember last week, Moses was was to give some of his spirit to the elders, the 70 elders in the camp. I think Caleb and Joshua both operated by the same spirit that the 10 spies did not have. What spirit are you walking by? By whose spirit are you living with? And are you allowing God's spirit to give you all that you need so that you are different than all other spirits and all other things and people that are operating by a different spirit? Do not bring contempt upon the Lord. Walk by a different spirit. Be like Caleb. Be like Joshua. Amen. Be blessed. Be filled. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center, a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Firmers Chapel, a country church by a creek, reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.